She said, tú me quieres, I tell her only partly I only love my tacos and tortas, I'm sorry Real shit, I even got it tatted on me Big baller, I brought mariachis to the party And you know me way It's the What Did He Said podcast with your boy Chingo Blingo with the Big Tamarindo And And uh, real quick, we're going to get these tour dates, announcements Puro Hustle Tour, get these tour announcements out the way um, but shout out to everybody that tuned in and is subscribing. We're trying to keep giving y'all some good quality content. And today, we bring you someone that brought us a lot of information, an immigration lawyer, Karen Torres. I don't know if she pronounces it Karen or, or, or Como. Yeah, but, um, but obviously, with everything that's going on with, with the kids and, and um, Trump and deportation and and. It's, it's confusing because the media is throwing so much crap at us. We're just trying to figure it out. But uh, but real quick, Budo Hustle Tour, tour dates. H-Town, Texas. I'm doing my hometown, man. I can't wait. We're kicking it back off. Uh, of course, I'm home because we have a baby on the way. But we have Houston, Texas at the Houston Improv, July 26th, 27th, 28th, and the 29th. It's a whole bunch of shows, but they selling fast. And then I'm going to head on over to Austin, Texas. We're doing a cool little theater over there. That's August 4th. Then, steer it up. Put some Bob Marley on or something right here. Denver, Colorado, where it is legal. I'm going to be out there, man, August 10th, 11th, and 12th. Have I ever done that many days back-to-back in Denver? Yeah, you've done a weekend. Oh, man, this but is But you so know what's even better? It's where you're going to do a whole birthday celebration. It's going to be your birthday month. It's my birthday month, bitch. Hey. Yeah, so Denver, Colorado, man. I- I'm getting my lungs ready because, you know, the altitude and everything else. So Be careful unfair. with that. Yeah, so Denver, Colorado. I'm coming August 10th, 11th, and 12th. And then I'm coming down to the South Texas, man, hitting McAllen. So all my people in RGV, I'll see you at Cine El Rey. August eighteenth. Um, real quick, you're also in El Paso, August seventeenth. We just don't have a link yet, so I'm just waiting for the theater to give me that link. So August seventeenth, which is a Friday in El Paso, so stay tuned. We'll have that on the website pretty soon. Yeah, it'll be on chingobling.com. So I'm gonna shoot out to El Paso, hit it up, and then shoot on down Southwest Airlines to McAllen mm-hmm. and hit it up. So that's August seventeenth, El Paso. August eighteenth, McAllen. September fourteenth. Arlington, Texas. That's the 14th all the way through the 16th. Um, and of course, Canelo's fighting, but you know, that's just, you know, we ain't worried about that. Okay? That's just gonna, you know. Canelo okay, I'm a little bit fight. worried. I'm a little bit worried. <laughs> I'm a little bit worried, but uh, tickets is, are doing great, man. Um, September 16th, uh, 14th, 15th, 16th, Arlington, D-Town, Fort Worth. But come you know through. what? I'm gonna sound such like, like a kiss-ass, or but I'm really not, but Seriously, like all the times that we've done Arlington, or you know, Canelo's on Canelo's been fighting, and no joke, we have the best fans in the world because they fucking still, still show, show up. up, and not show up like forty people, like it's sold, sold out. out. So, so thank you guys, shit, thank you, thank you, D Town. Um, all right, Ontario, California, September twenty seventh, Wichita, Kansas, October seventh. Uh, that's a couple shows there. Oklahoma City, October twenty first. Sananto Countdown City, the 210, we're there October 25th, 26th, 27th, 28th. And then, you and then I'm done. I'm done for the, I'm done for and the then year. Would. And then what? First, I'm going to have my dough. And then what? <laughs> That's actually the LOL Comedy Club. All right, so tour dates are out the way. Guys, tune in. We have an immigration lawyer on. We're asking the important questions. How can somebody help? What kind of plan should someone have in place if their dad or their tia or their prima or their brother or if they're illegal? You know, what tips does she recommend? Um, I mean, I, I, I learned a lot. Is there anything specific yeah. we should uh, give them a heads up well, about? Well, you know, real quick, though, we do mention, she mentions um, Southwest Key, Keys, Keys or program. something like that. And I did call after we got we finished the interview just so that, to make sure we're providing correct information. Um, so they're not accepting any type of donations right now, and they're not accepting any volunteers. However, I'm going to reach out to them in a week to see what we can do. They've emailed me a donation, um, a volunteer form, excuse me, and I guess like kind of a donation sheet of what they were taking, 
but it changes as as needed you know with with what they're needing for that week or whatever so no volunteers no donations right now um, but as soon as we have some type of information then we can mm -hmm. provide that and we're going to put a couple contact uh, phone numbers for the law firm and um, I can't remember what else but well, it, was, it was those camps that where we could go volunteer yeah but so we're gonna put we're gonna put some information in this description which is like knowing your rights as an immigrant even mm -hmm. if you are illegal you still have rights even if you're illegal you still have rights um so let's get into it man it's the weather he said podcast we have immigration lawyer karen torres El podcast más Puras entrevistas machine. It's the What Did He Said podcast. This is your host, Chingo Bling, the Ghetto Vaquero. Shout out to my lovely co-host. Marisol. And today, we're going to be discussing, we're, we're going to ask questions. We're trying to get to the bottom and just get some clarification on everything that's going on in our country right now. The land of the free, the home of the brave. How... You, the images that we've been seeing all over the media of how these children have been separated from their parents, from their family, refugees, asylum seekers. We're going to get into like the difference in all the legalities and all the everything. But we're all familiar with the images of like these kids with the, the space blankets, the little aluminum foil blankets. Um, we're hearing about these Im, you know, immigrant detention centers or whatever the, the term they're using popping up all over Texas. Um, we just heard of one down the street from us on emancipation that's gonna be opening soon. So a lot of people on social media, of course, they've been hitting me up like crazy, like, dude, what's your stance? I think my stance is pretty obvious. You know, say something, do something. But I wanted to get my facts all the way clear. I, I don't want to just post a meme. Or repost a meme, too. Repost a <laughs> meme. I don't want to just uh, uh, focus on my caption. I don't want to, like, just have some GoFundMe link and me not know if the money is going to, or, or, you know, or whatever type of help we try to gather. Is it actually going to make an impact? Is it actually going to get to the kids? Or are there other things? Because I've even seen things about call your congressman or call you know, dial this number, tell them how you feel, or do we vote? So, we did our due diligence, and today we have la abogada, Karen Torres, Hi. immigration lawyer. Yes. Uh, from the Forrester and Torres Law Firm. Uh, we're going to get a lot of information, but uh, right now, I just want to put the phone number out there, 713-528-4668. That is the number to the Forrester and, Tor and Torres Law Firm. Is it strictly immigration law or? We do a little bit of criminal. Uh, we also do a little bit of personal injury and uh, family, uh, but most of our cases are immigration cases. Mm -hmm. That's so your focus, basically. Yes, yeah. pretty much. So, so you had a, 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 a good question off the record. Well, uh, I, I, I don't think that people kind of understand what I, like seeking asylum and then being a refugee. So that's what I was asking you. Like, from what I understand, it's kind of like the same, but not the same, but they kind of do coincide with each other. So I just wanted you to kind of like explain a little bit about the difference and maybe how it works so that people understand what this is really all and about. some people don't even know what country these kids are from because I heard a, a comedian at the open mic. He's like, man, they got the Mexican kids. And I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, no, 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 they're, they're not Mexican. But uh, please uh, shed some light. Okay. Uh, first, yes, there's asylum. And asylum is based on, you know, you have been harmed or threatened uh, by somebody because of your race, national origin, political views, or being a member in a particular social group. Give us an uh, example of that, of like, of what that actually means. So, for example, the MS-13 would kind of fall under that or no? No. The government's saying no right now. Uh, they're saying when it's a, a personal threat to somebody, it's not considered basis for asylum. Uh, we're trying to make it where, you know, yes, the gang is doing it because most of the people fleeing from this country is because of the gang violence. It's not being controlled by their government. The government is not doing anything to protect them. And most of the time, it's a lot of corruption. Uh, but we put that uh, a lot of these people from Central America mainly or Mexico in this, uh, they're being threatened by being part of a particular social group. Got it. So they're not okay. really being 
hurt or threatened because you know they have a political opinion or because their national origin or because their race but they're being threatened because we're trying to make them or most of our cases we're trying to make them based on a particular social group and that being said that the maras or the you know the ms13 the 18 the barrios all these people are doing stuff to uh, a lot of times it's the women and the children. You know, they're recruiting a lot of these kids and you know, they're forcing them to join gangs when that's not what they wanna do. And if sure. they refuse, they're, a lot of these women are getting beat, they're getting raped, uh, a lot of these kids are getting killed because they're refusing. And a lot of their uh, recruitment that they're doing is for young, you know, male guys, you know, guys that they know they can go sell drugs or, you know, go extort other people that mm. are not paying like what they call la, Los impuestos, you know, mm -hmm. they might have a business, and if they don't pay for that, then you know they the gangs will come and do something to them, or burn their place down, or or something. Wow. And their governments aren't able to contain, or they're not. And if you look at a lot of the country reports for El Salvador, Honduras, Guatemala, the government is unwilling, and a lot of the times the government is corrupted themselves. You know, mm. they're, I guess at the same time they're like, well, if I help them out, then you know. I, I, they're not gonna come after me type sure. of thing. Yeah. So it happens a lot. So um, I'm not sure if you can um, tell us, um, in some of these countries like Honduras or El Salvador, what type of like political or economic, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like just imbalance or, or at what point, like uh, like destable, right? Mm -hmm. like, like these types of things start to happen when when like certain economic structures are destabilized, like what what year is it? Like in nineteen eighties or something? Or? No, you know it started. I think they had it bad, but it's just getting worse. And I think the more, uh, I guess they struggle to stay alive. I guess the more corruption there is, and the more recruitment these gangs are are, are doing. Um, I've seen cases where you know recently I was told by one of the girl that got beat up, and she has proof that she's being beat up. You know she has pictures where she was all bruised up and. She's like, well, you know, they pretty much control who the president is. And mm. uh, how do, and I'm like, well, how do they do that? And she says, well, you know, a lot of these gangs, everybody's in their zone. And, you know, another gang can't come to this zone. And they kind of control and they force people to vote a certain way. Why? Because the person they're putting into office is offering them protection to a certain extent. Uh. So it's, that's how kind of like they manipulate against the government in some sort of way. Wow. And when it comes to like America's uh, quotas, uh, mm -hmm. in terms of like, okay, de este país, you know, vamos a aceptar cierto número or whatever. Um, how, how, what is America's current, I guess, quotas or stance on like, hey, right now we're not taking any more Hondurans. We're actually looking for more like people from Denmark yeah. or something. How, how does that? Because it's only a certain amount that can be accepted, correct? For asylum, not necessarily. Only uh, there's no, yeah, there's no, yeah, there's no quotas on that. Uh, okay. The way it worked is, you know how a lot of people from El Salvador used to have temporary protective status right. or from Honduras? And that happened due to the hurricanes that were going over there and you know, people couldn't go back. So they gave that TPS status for so many years. And mm -hmm. you know, just because the government over there or the country never was able to recover. Um, so, but they gave it to people that were here before a certain year. You know, if I came in 2007 and tried to say, hey, well, you know, give me TPS based on that. Well, no, you had to be here before 2001. Gotcha. You know, so it, it kind of like, it, it's not limiting the people, but it is limiting the date and time of when things happen. Um, asylum for Honduras, Guatemala, Mexico, uh, you're looking at three five percent that gets granted. Now you look at China or you look at Syria or Iran or you know people from Cuba. Usually people from Cuba, you just walk through the border and right? automatically yeah. you're getting adjustment of status, which a lot of times it seems unfair, but that's the way it is. When the government, the problem with Honduras and Salvador, Mexico, um, Nicaragua, these Latin American countries is the government is not out in the open saying, hey, you can't have more than one child. I mean, that policy already changed in China, but before, you know, China was like, you can only have one child. And either you abort or you're gonna have to pay extra to have an extra child. Mm. So, you know, the government here is like, okay, you know, they're dictating of what you can or cannot do with your children, so let's give asylum based on that. Or they will say, well, you can't be another sort of religion. We only accept this religion, and if you're Catholic, then, you know, you're gonna go to jail. 
So therefore, it was easier. We're in Mexico, Honduras, El Salvador, Guatemala. No, none of this is happening. The government mm. is not out playing out saying, you can't do this, you can't do that. The government is corrupt to a certain extent, but it's not out in the open like a lot of these other countries are. So in the example you gave about the young lady who has visual bruises, and she's mm -hmm. like, hey, I, I, you know, help me out. Is, is that enough for, or like, what do they want? Paperwork? What's the proper? A lot of, you know, and that's what's unfortunate. Um, it's, we do have a problem in the border. We do. A lot of people are coming. A lot of people are seeking asylum, especially from these countries. Um, and, you know, you have both both sides of the stories. I do understand there's a problem. I do think that there has to be something that needs to be sure. done. But at the same time, you know, what do you expect? Like, you know, they either kill my child over there or I come here and then I'm separated from him for a while. I'd rather take that risk. And also, they also they're also risking something happening and along the way exactly. or the separation. And, and, and for you example. know what? And a lot of the people are willing to take that risk. Wow. Why? Because the way that it's over there, it's they're like, they're, it, yeah. it's that bad. Like because they're I crossing several borders mm -hmm. and they're taking a long journey. journey. I mean, it is like a marathon times a hundred. Yeah. Just emotional, like physical, so many risks. And a lot of these kids, I've seen kids like come without no parents, without no adult supervision, except the coyote supervision. Like that's all they have. So they're risking their kids being like sexually assaulted or, you know, being killed or they're risking their lives but you know, knowing that they're gonna come here and you know they're gonna be safe here, and and and, and you see it a lot. But it is unfortunate that some people do come lying, and you know you're apparently they're having some of the gang members coming with a child, knowing that oh well they're gonna leave me alone if I come with my child. So I think that's what's made it hard for the people that are really suffering. They're kind of messing it up for everybody else. That it it, it you know it's going through stuff. And, mm -hmm. and that's what's very unfortunate. But like the young lady that we were talking about, uh, prior to June 11, 2018, we did have a case, uh, it was called a, a matter of ARCJ, and there was a Guatemalan lady that was able to get um, uh, asylum based on you know uh, a, a, a Guatemalan lady that was not able to leave their domestic relationship or the marriage base because you know Mexico and these other countries, they have that machismo going. They mm -hmm. have that, She's never gonna leave me, you know, or you know, I'm gonna beat her up, rape her, and they're not ever to escape because sure. of the cultural thing that we have going on as a, those type of mm -hmm. uh, countries. But, um, so we had winning cases based on domestic abuse, you know, and women that weren't able to leave that relationship. But Sessions, the Attorney General Sessions, overturned that decision in June 11, 2018, which so it was recent. recently. So, you know, if I had a trial coming up on Monday based on all that, so my case was made on that matter, and now it's like, well, you have to turn around because they're no longer, they're instructing the judges to say no. It no longer is allowed for asylum. It's like mandatory. Oh. It's wow. mandatory, yeah. So even if the judge, based on the case by case, like the details, even if the judge wanted to rule in a certain way, uh, what is the attorney general? The attorney general, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mamon. Um, <clears throat> so, so you just mentioned uh, some, some details about how things are changing. And based on kind of, I'm not an expert, that's why mm -hmm. we have you here. And the media gives us so much conflicting information. Uh, it, it's like they try to confuse us on purpose. So what I what I would like to know is the stuff that we're seeing right now. What's new about it? Have these like we're seeing the images with like the foil blankets and the kids, and it, it looks like it's cold, and they turned a Walmart into this detention center. Like, how was it before? Is it is how how, how much of this is like new? Or it's just the same yeah, old, because same I know it's been Obama going on era, for a Trump while. Era. So why is it out in in the open so what changed? Much is it the now? family yeah, separating? What exactly happened? Yeah, Th they're a lot more stricter uh, and back to asylum. So uh, before, what you would do is a lot of people would uh, let's say they didn't catch you 
coming in. You turn yourself in into the border. And the moment that you say that you're afraid to go back to your country because you've been harmed, mistreated, they have to give you, put you in a silent process. They have to give you a credible fear interview. They, you have to pass that fear interview, and then they will let you out until you had your court hearing in front of the judge. Uh, what's happening a lot is th they're not even allowing the person. It's kind of like they're getting in the middle of the bridge and just turning people back. Like, you know, so a lot of these people that say, well, do it the legal way. Well, they're trying to do it the legal yeah. way. The legal way allows me to claim for asylum, but you're turning me back. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of these people that are here illegally, it's not because they're not doing it the legal way. It's because that legal way, sometimes they don't have, th there's no legal way for them. Got it. One. Two, if there's a legal way, you know, for certain countries, like let's say I petition from a brother in Mexico and I'm a U.S. citizen, it takes almost 15 to 20 years before a visa is available. Like, and then sometimes they give them temporary status? Yes, for certain people, let's say somebody that's been married for less than two years to a U.S. citizen, uh, they will give you a conditional residence, uh, meaning, you know, they want to make sure that you're still with that person or that it was a good faith marriage prior to, uh, you know, giving you the tenure card type Got of thing. Uh. So, they, you know, there's stuff or processes that they have to go through. Mm. So let's, let's go ahead and... Let me let me ask you like the nitty gritty question, which is: these kids are, are in these camps. We, we're seeing these images right now. Um, we hear a lot about like executive order, and you know it's got to be Congress's job. Al fin del día, like, what can someone do? Someone that's listening, what can we do? Like, what should be, is there, is there, what do we, what can we do? You know, there's a lot of organizations right now. You know, we have the Catholic Charity, we have Raices, we have uh, United. We have a lot of these organizations that are taking volunteers to do, whether it's translations or, you know, just making sure that they're, we can help out. Uh, making sure that they are getting a due process, that not automatically you say, no, you can't do it. Like, no, follow the law. The law is still in place, and you still have to follow it, but they're not. I think they're trying to deter people from doing it, and I think, you know, and, and, and you can ask a lot of the clients that have come, and what they do is they put them the yelera, yelera, you know, trying to intimidate them, trying to make them be real cold, or, you know, like just for them to kind of sign and go back, just sign and go back. Make it so difficult, difficult to where you just tap yes. out quick. Yeah. And, that's, and that's what they're doing. And right now when you separate this, because, you know, yes, Obama was doing this, but it was discretionary and it wasn't really happening as much. Mm -hmm. This is like, it's an order. The president has said you have to do it. And right now he's saying, okay, well, they're no longer going to be separated. And everybody's like, oh, okay, well, he, you know, he changed it. First he said he had to be Congress, but then for the stroke of a pen, oh, I did it. Yes. Mm -hmm. which makes no sense if you're saying it was Congress. Exactly. Two, it's like, you're st okay, you're not separating them, but you're still putting them in a detention. And a lot of these kids, whether we want to see it or not, it, it, it's child abuse. Emotionally, they are not, a lot of these people have never been in a detention. They've never been in a detention. They've never been in a jail. Says it's better, you know, they, it gets very emotional. Like, just going to visit these people at the detention centers, you can see you know, how many people just have it bad and, mm. and, and you know, they're suffering. Are there any detention centers here in Houston? For uh, children? To where we can volunteer? Uh, no, they have Southwest Keys. I know they're one of the organizations that they put uh, children there. Uh, that's here in Houston? That's uh, Yeah, they have some in Houston. Um, who else? I know Southwest Keys is one. Um, can't think the top of my head, but there is a few organizations where, you know, they put like case managers and the case managers kind of take care of the children and then they try to reunite them with somebody that's in the U.S. And obviously they have to follow the law too because you don't know if that somebody brought that kid a la fuerza. Like maybe yeah. they kidnapped them. So, mm -hmm. you know, they got to have to get a hold of the parents if they're not here, if they're in that country. Hey, we need permission. We need una carta poder diciendo my dear's gonna take me or mm -hmm. anything. So you also have to go through those. So we're gonna put in the description of the podcast um, some places where people can, uh, you know, maybe go help out. And um, which leads me to my next question, like, what is the process? Like, you just go up there like, hey, I wanna or, be or a translator. how do you help? How can you help really technically? Because Besides how, much, well, how much can you do there? You know, like, for example, um, so I'm a sign language interpreter uh -huh. and in uh, refugees from, I think I'm gonna pronounce it as like Putin, Putin. Mm -hmm. 
Um, when puny. they pu- no, not puny. <laughs> um, some some I can't pronounce the country, but it, it was like they would come and they would come here as refugees, but they were allowed to leave the camp and mm-hmm. come to the deaf center that I worked out of. And so there we would teach them English, American Sign Language, mm-hmm. and then they'd have to go back. Their their camps were obviously, they were in... Uh, were they deaf refugees? Deaf refugees. Oh. So they came here as deaf refugees because there was a, something going on in their country. Yeah. But they were brought on like a, a almost like a metro bus. Mm-hmm. They would get dropped off. It was a whole little family of deaf. And then we would teach them American Sign Language so that they could start kind of understanding like American ways, mm-hmm. learning the language. Um, and it was really hard because it was like, this is a fruit. And then it was like the, the sign in English. Yeah. And then this, they had no clue. It was like really hard. So how is that different from what's happening? How is, how is it that they, we, they could come and do that but here how is it that you can volunteer or help in any way i mean i'm sure i, I can't really tell you what they allow and don't allow because you know i'm sure everybody has to go through a background check yeah. to make sure you know that it's not a sexual sure. predator trying yeah. to go to these okay. camps or something because yeah. it's pro- the best yeah. you know place for somebody like that so i'm sure they're gonna have to do backgrounds and, and i'm sure you can do like going in there and volunteer if you're a counselor you know if you're a doctor, if you're a, an attorney, like if you're a legal assistant, anybody that can help out to try to do the forms, you know, help out with any, a lot of translations, anybody that knows Spanish and English is mm-hmm. able to help with the translations. And I'm sure even just time to spend with the kids to kind of try to make them um, forget and put a smile on their face yeah. because more than anything, mm-hmm. they've been through a lot. Uh, I mean, they've got, like you said, they've gone through a lot of countries that, to get here. They've probably been in trailers or been in houses where they haven't really been eating or drink water or anything so they've gone through a lot mm. um, so even just talking to them i think it makes a big difference wow just a regular just, old conversation mm-hmm. that's insane <coughs> um i guess m- my question to you is how long are they going to try to keep them there before they're actually reunite the process yeah i I heard that family i heard that with the executive order where we were going to try to be more compassionate quote unquote um i heard that it it's like if you are already in those camps and you're already separated like that that doesn't apply to you it's for like all right from now on Is, is that accurate uh, yes, it's like from here on out. What I tell a lot of these people are like, somebody that has a relative, contact your consulate. Uh, contact, you know, if you're from El Salvador, contact the El Salvador consulate in Honduras or Mexico. Talk to them and say, if your child's missing, you know, try for them to find out where they're at. A lot of the times, I work a lot closely with the Mexican consulate, and a lot of times they have access, or, you know, they have this courtesy relationship with the government where you know, you help me, I help you type of thing. And if you reach out to them, they can try to find out where that person is and see what you can do to, you try to expedite that process. This executive order, I, I, I think is just to kind of shut us up right now. Um, I think it's not gonna be good in the long run because yes, you're keeping me with my parent, but for how long am I gonna be detained? Yeah. You know, That's because the, the courts are backlogged. We have cases that have been pending for years. Uh, we don't have enough judges, right? It, it, exactly. And we have some courts that are not until 2020, 2021, and court now dates. Wow. So you're just in a detention center. Uh, well, some are not. And you see, before we had it where, like, if it was more than six months, the government had to give a reason why you're taking too long. You know, and if you're taking longer than six months and you don't have a valid reason, they will have to let you out. Well, now it doesn't matter. You can be there longer than six months, and it doesn't matter. A lot of these people that are waiting for court dates that are 2020 or 2021, they're out. They're out right now, whether it's out on bond or they put like a bracelet to kind of make sure you're showing up to court or people, you know, uh, they kind of check you that way to make sure that you're doing everything that you're doing. Um, Of course, I have to like address um, the conservative or even neoconservative uh, point of view. And the argument is obviously we can't have people from all over the world pouring in unaccounted for 
uh, with no respect for the law. We don't know what their intentions are. I, I know I understand that stance. I understand the argument. Realistically, is there is there some type of um, like solution to where it's like, yes, we hear you and we understand, but we have a really great process of knowing who's up to no good, like almost like the background check, like who is just coming over here to commit, like be drunk driving or go and kill somebody or, mm-hmm. or rape somebody or whatever versus this is a woman who, you know, she's she has her kids and she's just trying to, to for a better life. Yeah. I mean, and, and you pretty much can check all that. Every time when they come in, they do check. You know, they, they check the children, they check the parents, whether they have any type of illness, because they also have to check for illness. It's not just committing a crime, but, you know, you don't want anybody that's going to come and contaminate the United mm-hmm. States. But they do do fingerprint checks, you know, to make sure. They do check for tattoos. They, they want to make sure that you're not something like that. And And I do understand, and I think there is a problem. I think we do have a lot of people that are coming uh, I, I'm not saying that they're not uh, and, and I mean but you have to give them their due process and you have to let them fight their case and then whether they have to go back then you know let the judge determine that not just so, automatically so it's almost like an it's almost like a propaganda it's almost like an excuse it's almost like we can't have yeah. illegals disrespecting the law pouring in and and they all this is a I may be way off on this because I'm not an expert on MS-13, <laughs> but MS-13 is used as like the boogeyman, scapegoat, uh, like all these people are MS-13 and they're all MS-13 and all of them are MS-13 and look at all the bad things. And as a matter of fact, we have a family here who were victimized. They lost a, a son due to MS-13. But from my knowledge, MS-13 was born and created in like Los Angeles Mm -hmm. and it spread backwards to El Salvador because not only because of economic things in in LA. They were also getting deported too. Yeah, so they brought it from LA. Yeah. So I'm not saying like, oh, MS-13 is like good, Mm -hmm. but sometimes this might be getting too deep, but sometimes some countries are destabilized by our government. I know that might be like considered conspiracy theory, but there's like economic hitmen that will go in and like, we don't like your dictator, we're gonna put our, you know, US approved dictator, you know. And some of this stuff, I may be way off, like, um, but supposedly in a lot of these countries, whether it's like, you know, Gaddafi or or, or whoever, it's almost like this. It's almost like the U.S. perpetuates a lot of this instability, mm-hmm. and sometimes they do things to countries, whether it's I don't know tariffs or whatever, to where they want to destabilize it so that these things can thrive and they'll never get on their feet. And you're just you're almost like the cause. You're almost like the long distance uh, agitator that's like causing all of this turmoil mm-hmm. and causing these people to want to flee. Yeah. 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 I, I think they focus, I mean, th- right now the president is, I think he focuses on the bad, o- only the bad. Why doesn't he have people out there that are dreamers that yeah. became attorneys or are dreamers that became doctors? Because there is. I mean, there is. You have everything and everything around here. I mean, it's like here, you have good and bad people. Yeah. And, exactly. and I mean, and it's not like everybody citizens. in America yeah. is perfect or is not a murderer or is yeah. not in a gang or has never raped anybody. I mean, everybody goes. You have the good and the bad. And I'm just saying, don't focus on the bad. And I'll just give everybody their rights and follow the due process that needs to be yeah, followed so we sure. can have the opportunity to weep out the bad. I mean, you'll know when they're going to be bad because eventually bad people are not going to try to stay good for so long. Like, eventually they're going to do something where it's going to give the radar to immigration. And right now, I mean, Harris County, it's... Um, People that get caught with DWS, there's a nice hold. Like that same day that they get detained. Like you, it's not like uh, somebody. Before you actually got processed, yes. and then they would find it's out like, that yeah. you actually had. Yeah, now it's like they, it status. seems like they have an office there because, I, and we always tell the people, you know, if there's a nice hold, there's no point of bonding people out. And what's happening right now, which is very frustrating for criminal attorneys and immigration attorneys, is that. Let's say somebody gets caught for a DWI right now, tonight. Um, 
they put a nice hold, you know, and the family doesn't pay the bond. Why? Because we want to make sure that, you know, because you're innocent to prove it guilty. Right. So, you know, they want to make sure they go through the whole process and find out whether he's guilty or not. But what are the judges are doing is they're giving, like, a personal bond. So what happens on a personal bond? They, you're, you're supposed to walk out, right, that same day or the next day. Well, the moment you walk out, you go to ICE. So this person, let's say, has court June 15th, but they took you to ICE June 13th. So now they have you, like, you didn't show up to court, even oh, though they even though know so that what? ICE took you. So now you have a warrant for your arrest, and this is not even taken care of, and that some of these people are even getting deported with these countries with these cases pending. So, you know, maybe later on in the future, they're going to try to fix papers some sort of way then they're going to have that red flag for immigration. They're going to be, well, you never showed up to court. Right. Even though they know why they didn't show up, it, it, it's very unfair. And a lot of the times... So they're they not get, working with each other to where, no, oh, this guy got it, picked up by ICE? Exactly. Wow. And a lot of times we go to judges and ask for a bench warrant, you know, and ICE can ignore it if they want. And they'll be like, well, I never got it. I never got it. And we're like, but it's in the system. Like, I can email it to you. Oh, well, they never send it over here. And that's how they work. Uh, immigration has, as far as I can remember, has always been like a super polarizing hot point. Um, whether it's like CNN or whoever, like they know. Mm -hmm. or, or a presidential candidate. Case in point, you can get elected if you ride off of how tough you're going to be on immigration. Mm -hmm. um, I, I did an album, what, about 10 years ago called They Can't Deport Us All. And... At, the, at that time, I thought this is the hottest flashpoint moment in, for immigration in our history, and it's never going to, like, I have to speak about this. And no, here we are again. Mm -hmm. And it's as if, oh, that was nothing. Yeah. And it's never, I mean, I don't know how it was for the Italians or the Irish or the Germans or, or whoever, a different, whether it was like New York um, Ellis Island, but it, it, obviously I'm super biased. My parents mm -hmm. are from Mexico. <laughs> Mighty Soul's parents are mm -hmm. from Mexico. We're first generation. Um, a bunch of my family uh, uh, crossed, you know, in several different variety of ways. <laughs> uh, I'm not here to snitch on nobody. <laughs> but um, my point is that it's unfortunate that this country is very Again, I already stated the conservative views or the anti. We can't have them pouring in here. There's a law for a reason. You have to respect the law. Even Obama, you could look it up. There's a there's a clip of him saying the exact same things that Donald Trump uh, got elected based like we need to secure the border, mm -hmm. we need to build the wall. I mean, he didn't maybe say like we're gonna build the wall, we're gonna make Mexico pay for it, but it's like immigrants are always the scapegoats. There's always a lot of fear tactics. To, to scare uh, even regular citizens, like, hey, we, they're taking our jobs. Are they really? Mm -hmm. yeah. they're, they're leeching off the system. I don't know, but these camps look expensive to run. I know somebody's getting paid. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, the CEO of Southwest Key, whatever, programs, they already said he's making $1.5 His name is Juan Sanchez. Um, so I just don't know if, if like, people will ever be um, just take into consideration the big picture, like the human rights. Obviously, the images of the kids, I think that's where even a lot of conservatives were like, whoa, 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 I'm anti-immigrant, yeah. but I didn't know we were doing that. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's why he got pressured. And, and now, it's so much stuff in the media, like, did you see the jacket Melania had on when she went to go speak to the kids? And it said, I don't really care, do you? Or whatever. Yeah. And it was probably a fashion choice, but and then the, not well thought out. Yeah. The, the daughter's wearing some aluminum looking she, dress. What? When? You didn't see that? During, like, <laughs> No, recently? it's like, it was a silver dress and it kind of looks like the aluminum But she uh, wore it the blankets. other day? No. No, it was a while back and they were just saying how, you know, She's why was she wearing that? Yeah. You know, it was kind of like this whole thing about it because it looks like the blankets that were being used. They were, yeah. were kind of saying that she, they probably used the same fabric to... Mm. You know, so it was a whole. I really don't know. I just saw it on social media. I was like, oh wow, you know. <laughs> but um, 
Yeah. Yeah, I think I I I I agree. I guess it's like there's got to be a solution. There's got to be a better solution to fix this problem. Um, because at the end of the day, it is our our tax dollars that is having to keep these places mm-hmm. open. Um, to deport is a super expensive. Somebody's getting ex- paid. Yeah. And when they, de- to my knowledge, maybe you can clarify, when folks get deported, I don't. I, this is what I've heard. I've heard that it's not just, all right, salute el vos, vámonos. It's well, it depends like, on what country you're yeah, from, because it's too. Let's just say, um, let's just say Mexico, right? Yeah. This is from what I've heard. It's like, no, 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 no. They run you through this little tour we're like no you're gonna be in north carolina at this one thing then they're gonna process you then now you might be in georgia for a little while they might bring you back to texas for a little while basically all these people are getting paid off of this process Mm -hmm. of uh you know deportation Mm -hmm. and so what i'm saying is the argument could be made that it costs more to deport people than what uh folks are actually quote unquote leeching off the system or, or what have you so, again, what I'm trying to say is a lot of the stuff that is said is BS. A lot of the excuses and the hysteria and the propaganda and the scapegoating is just um, there's political motivations. You know, midterm elections are coming up. People trying to get reelected. People trying to look good in the polls. Mm-hmm. And people have buddies who are, in, you know, I don't know if it's Halliburton. I don't know who's constructing these things. But um, it's crazy because a while back, people had these conspiracy theories about like, hey, what's up with all these Walmarts getting mm. shut down and we're not allowed to go see and w- there's a lot of construction and people start thinking like these are FEMA camps or they're concentration camps and this, that, and the other. And I started wondering to myself, wait a minute. So these Walmarts got converted. There's these detention centers. What The thought that came to my mind was this. How long have these things been in play to where it's like hey dude it's the year 2011 uh we have this construction company like somebody got a bid somebody mm-hmm. got the contract to um to start breaking ground and we're gonna lay the f- i have a i have a, a you know a tiling company and i want to mm-hmm. do the tile and all these things whatever it may be and um I, I just look at that and i'm like how long did it take to flip the switch to turn the walmart like El papeleo, like mm-hmm. who knew? Like there's government, like the movie um about uh, uh, war dogs, where uh, where they started selling weapons because they knew that the government there were certain contracts and there was money to be made. But it's just it's just freaky, is what I'm trying yeah, to say. Yeah, it's like it really it's is. like stuff going on behind the scenes that the average citizen has no idea, but people are profiting and it's like this has been going on behind the scenes under our nose and people are looking at it as an opportunity to cash in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. and that's exactly what it is, because who do you think gets this big? A lot of times it's who you know. Yeah. And who do you, I mean, we have three detention centers around the Houston area for immigration. Uh, You have Conroe, Livingston, and Export, which is about to be shut down, or they lost the contract, so they might be moving them to Conroe. but you know it's a lot of bidding and who's getting these contracts and a lot of these immigrants you know some people say yeah well you know they're coming out of our pocket do you even realize that a lot of these immigration bonds for you know adult go from like five thousand and up and lately in the houston area you were getting out of ten thousand twelve thousand fifteen thousand just bond on that one person how does that work like, where does that money go? It goes to the government. And if uh, for some reason, let's say the client doesn't show up to court, uh, the government keeps that money. And uh, who, who, um, who, who sets that rate? Is it the judge? It's the like, judge. Ah, is it like an arbitrary number? Like, eh, you look like a 20000 no. they, they, they look at the good and the bad. You know, they're the family ties in the U.S. They look, you know, how long you've been here, what kind of relief you're going to be seeking, whether have you have U.S. citizen children, whether have you committed crimes. They look at all that. So depending on what you have will depend what the judge uh will suggest but there's some judges that you know don't even give bond and they say no you're a flight risk so you're not gonna get any bond mm-hmm. and, you know it might be somebody has a didule and has children but you know it's it, it, you still a flight risk and they see it uh, they don't like DWIs, which is understandable mm-hmm. you know yeah. there's a lot of accidents you you just never know uh, so that's what we tell people bien. Sí. like you already know you're here in the radar 
why you know put the line on you mm -hmm. like you know put just yourself at risk exactly, like that yeah you know exactly because you know family that you guys i'm from mexico i was here illegally for like 15 16 years before i fixed my papers mm -hmm. but you know the legal way took that long for mm -hmm. me to get papers so sometimes it's not that we don't want it it's not that these families are not willing to pay for it i mean people are paying these bonds People that are here illegally are paying these bonds, you know, to try to have a better opportunity and fight their case in court. But, you know, sometimes you don't have a good relief. And sometimes you don't even get, you don't even get to stay, even no, no matter no, how much you pay a lawyer, no matter yeah. how court fees you pay. It's like, it, yeah, we decided we're not going to yeah, let you. You lose so, your yeah. case. So since we're on the topic of like bonds and courts and judges and the process, um, I don't know if this question should be in Espanol. Pero si uno anda aquí, por ejemplo, de mojado, uh -huh. y con el susto y el miedo, um, you know, to someone who's listening or maybe they have a, a family member, what, por ejemplo, um, let's just say his name is Pedro. That's my name. Let's just say Pedro is here legally, uh -huh. you know, and what, what what's going to happen? What would happen? Like, what risk? Um, what are the chances? Like, are, is he allowed to be, like, let's say he just gets pulled over for a, a blinker or something. Do they ask you for papers? Like, what are the risks? And You what? know, after the SB4 uh, law that was passed, uh, Which they, is? It, it, the one that they're allowed to ask you for papers, ah. only if a they feel like a crime has been committed. Mm -hmm. um, you know, or they, if they have reason to stop you. They, you can, I can't be a domestic violence person here calling because my husband beat me up and you know we're here both illegally and I call the cops. They can't just say, hey, well, what, what's your status? The only way they should ask you if you're a victim is if they're doing it for visa uh, purposes, which is uh, you know being a victim of a crime and cooperating with authorities and you had some physical or emotional harm. Then you can apply for la visa o que le dicen, which you know that's when they should be able to ask you. But if you're a victim, they shouldn't be asking you. Or if you're not committing a crime, mm -hmm. they can't just come up to you and say, like "Hey, well, what's your status?" Mm -hmm. Yeah, no. Now, if you have committed a crime, if there is a traffic stop, maybe they feel like you're drinking and driving, or you know that you have committed a crime, then they can ask you. And for that's your where status. ICE gets involved. It, it's just, I mean, yes, that's when pretty much when ICE gets called. Uh, if they arrest you, well, you know. And also, ICE usually the biggest is that they don't have really a license. Mm -hmm. So that's yeah. really the biggest indicator, the indicator is that, yeah, you know, something's up. So. A lot of the people just have their pasaporte or their consulate. Now, I, there is people that are getting detained for no reason, and we always tell the people, and you know, it, it, a lot of times when they come to the consulate or to come see us, it's like, well, no sabia, no sabia. And you know, again, a lot of these people have never been in jail. Se desesperan, they get emotional, and then they lie to them, and they're like, pues no más firme, pues es que no sabia, no más firme. And we're like, no, but you know, you can't. Like now, they have it in Harris County, and they have to give you a cheat where it says, do you want to contact your consulate? If the person says no, they're going to make you sign that you said no. So you can't come later and say, ah, pues es que no sabía. No, but is there somebody really telling them in Spanish that this is your choice? Well, that, that's, that's another, another thing. That's another yeah. thing. And we always tell the, you know, people when we do this, uh, you know, meetings or talk, have organizations talking, we tell them, like, know your rights. Just because you're here illegally doesn't mean exactly. you don't have yep. rights. Mm -hmm. You know, you can say no, no me transuzcan el carro. You know, like, they have to have an arrest warrant. Or, you, you know, you, can, you have your rights. And just know that don't just sign, you know. Say, I want to talk to the consulate. I personally know people from the Mexico consulate go to the jails and visit. A lot of the clients even, you know, send letters to the consulate, and then, you know, they have to document everything, and they go and visit them, and if they feel that it's a winnable case, they talk to other attorneys that, you know, they have there, because we have, uh, they're in the Mexico consulate, they have um, free consultations from Monday through Thursday, and it's different attorneys that go different dates, mm. and it's free. I have to say, you're going to go to the Departamento de Protección, and obviously it's only para Mexicanos, but I know Honduras and El Salvador and Guatemala join in with those free consultations, and I know they have an attorney that goes there and give free consultations too. So, you know, no se desesperen. Tienes derechos. Tienes derechos. Hablen con alguien before it's too late, before we can't do anything because for you on the other. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Entonces, si no hay crimen, no te pueden preguntar. No te deben de preguntar. Okay. No. So, SB4 
states that if there's a crime, we can ask. I, yeah, if they feel that a crime has been committed, then yes, they, they can ask for So that's your, when, that's what SB4 status. is. Mm -hmm. So um, the raid at the Shipley Donuts uh, Bakery Warehouse in the Heights that happened a couple, like a year or two ago, I think, um, how does that work? If someone's in there just making donuts and, you know, llega ice, and does that have something to do with SB4 or what is no, that? Someone well, that, you know, somebody probably already somebody contacted already the immigration. Snitch. Yeah. And, and then really. Somebody from another donut place. From what I understand is yeah. they really are not supposed to approach the employees first. They're supposed Manage. to approach the um, owner first. Employer. Uh -huh. And then the employer is supposed to show like this is their social security. Yeah, I actually claim taxes on them, blah, 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 blah. And then that's kind of how they get busted. What happened in this case? Does, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. But a lot of these raids is because most of the time people probably already called and complained. Yeah, uh, yeah, pretty much. I mean, it happened in Mambo's a while back, too, where they had gone and, you know, a lot of the waitresses or people working there, they didn't have documents. But uh, but I guess my question is, no vocrimen, SB4 doesn't really come into play. Just because someone snitched at uh, uh, hey over there at the Mambos on Wayside, um, they don't have papers, and then they just show up. Well, that, yeah, but that's immigration. At that point, immigration is allowed to go check, you know, the status of the employees. So you SB4 know. has to do with like a HPD, it, HPD cops. Yeah, it has to do with cops because you mm. know before a lot of these cities or sanctuary cities were like, well, you know, it has nothing to do with me. That's federal. This is state. Amike, you know, but now it's like, well, no, you have to work with them because, you know, again, Trump was threatening them that if you weren't going to cooperate, then they were going to lose a lot of the help they were getting. So it Meaning local, uh, state, uh, as the HPD, federal, yeah, assistant. federal assistance. Or H you know, like H oh, you say HPD? HPD, you know, so everybody in Texas pretty much. So, yes, I, I recall that the debate from the little bit that I gathered, the debate was that what you just said, sanctuary cities maybe sometimes dependent on like federal uh, subsidizing or some type of, I don't know what type of help or support. And um, they were putting pressure on them to not be sanctuary cities and not like, I guess, turn the other, like turn yeah. the other cheek, like look away type or of stuff. Or pretty much help me out. You, you have to put, you know, let us know when somebody's here undocumented. Oh, you have to be you basically have be, to, you know, you have to add like let an us agent know. Yeah. of, uh, of this and, and and you know what's interesting about this is that from what i understand it's a conservative view oh no 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 is it a libertarians i forget what political group has the stance that says we don't want the government meddling in state or local issues and um i i, I may be wrong but is it the democrats that like big government and they like when fe you know they want the government to come in and fix things or they want federal i don't know that's getting too political but um yeah. but but on the subject of sanctuary cities i heard that austin just rebranded uh, themselves not only as a sanctuary city but i think like a freedom city or mm -hmm. like yeah they know they were, is that the word yeah, they yeah, use they were trying to make it more you know they're so. trying to fight it but you know it's it is what it is right now, but mm -hmm. we're, we're trying to make it where it, it's not required. I mean, one thing has nothing to do with the other one, but I mean, in certain type of crimes, I understand if you get detained and, you know, you've already pleaded guilty, then yes, if you need to be in removal proceedings, then you have to be in removal proceedings. Even, even if you're a resident, if you committed certain crimes and you have to be, I mean, that's the law. You just can't, and and again, it goes back to portense again. Si. Like you know what I mean. You know what you're doing, and and one thing I can say about this whole Trump administration, everything that's going on, is it has helped for a lot mm. of people that maybe no querían hacer because you know I don't want to be a citizen yet or no. I think it's pressuring people to actually do something about it now. To like get, you know, get like right I think yes, mm. like try to now become citizens. Yeah, get before, right with Trump. <laughs> before it wasn't, I, I guess, a priority, but now it's like, okay, well, let me be a citizen. Or you know, I've been married to a U.S. citizen forever, and I didn't want to do it because I didn't want to have to go to the interview in, mm. in, in Mexico. You know, porque no se quiere ir. And and now it's like, you know what? It doesn't matter. Let me just try to fix my papers now. And this is just people, you know, that are making it now a priority. Wow. 
Wow, Trump actually. <laughs> In that sense, it has it has helped a little. Um. So. Is is that Trump administration thing that he signed? Is it going to take place, or why are they saying they still have to vote on it? Well, the executive order is just stop separating. They they want to vote, I guess, on how they're going to handle this issue. Because uh. again, even if you're not separating them. They can see if they're going to be detained for a year or longer. Right. You know what I mean? They're still being treated a certain way. But right now, the one thing that is helping is saying we're not going to separate children from their parents. But this is only if you're caught now, though. If you're caught right. Like, now. let's just say yes. tomorrow it happens. Yes. Then, then you're, that's, they'll keep you together. Yeah, they'll keep you together. How long has that been happening to where they've been separating them? When Obama was was in office, was it, he it separating was, it, him or no? It, it was in place, but it wasn't really enforced. enforced. Got it. You know okay. what I mean? It, it, it's kind of like the the new case that we we're talking about. Like now they're saying you need to do this. Like mm. there's no way out. you have to do it. Got like it. I'm not asking you to use your discretion or you know like what do you think? No, it's you have to do this. Wow. And, and that's the difference. Okay, and you know where they detain them, right? Like the adults. Mm -hmm. Is there one for women and men, or men and women are together? Uh, no, they separate. They men separate and women. them, mm -hmm. and then is there an overflow from the ones that are already in there being detained? In some instances, yes. Let's say you get caught. I, I have seen where clients get caught in the border, let's say in Harlingen, or mm -hmm. uh, you know, and the detention center over there might be too full. Then some people end up going to Atlanta, or end up going to New York, or end up, uh, you know, they transfer them based on if they have the i guess the room for them got it so it's mm -hmm. like almost like a jail it works the way yeah, the, way it, the jail like works this school here uh -huh. you're gonna go you're to gonna louisiana, go to louisiana or whatever mm -hmm. that's pretty much how it wow. is wow for the adults yes it, it's pretty much a jail i mean some of those jails are even with uh, other inmates that are there for criminal issues but it, it all depends but because they're all being detained together together uh -huh. right okay, and then that's they just separate them was. based on their jumpsuit you know the, the lesser the crime or no crime is this color if it's a crime semi this color and then it's a really hard crime this color so and then so while they're in there being detained is there while they're being processed right this whole thing what we're gonna do how long before they're deported like it can take it all depends I mean if you're fighting your case or not uh, here in Houston, if you're in the detained, if you're an adult and you're detained, um, I mean, some of the cases, they try to deport you within three to six months, but Got sometimes it, it could okay. take longer. Uh, it, it all depends on the circumstances of the case. They try to do it, uh, for the most part, they were kind of good at doing it within three to six months, but then you go to the fact whether you appeal the case, and if you appeal, then you're going to the Board of Immigration Appeals, and you're sending that to Washington, and you know, I mean, it can take a little longer. Mm -hmm. So it, it all depends on the case, but they try to do it within three to six months. And then the Board of Immigration Appeals, I think they try to focus on the detained docket first, you know, give those decisions first before we focus on the people that are not detained because of that purpose, mm -hmm. you know? Because at the end, like you say, it is taxpayers' dollars. Every right. time somebody, the longer somebody stays here in a jail, the more money they spend. And this may sound dumb, it may be a dumb question, I don't know, but the kids that are in these detention centers, is there some form of, are they keeping them entertained? Are they giving them coloring books? Are they- Like stimulating uh, them. Yeah, are they Their like, knowledge. is someone like teaching them something? Cause they're out of school cause the parents yeah. just brought them, you know, what's happening you know what's happening all there i think it there. depends on the detention facility they're in i, okay. I mean i think I, a lot of them they do they start checking up and they try to do it within months to reunite them or when they were trying to do it within months to reunite them with their parents but sometimes it just take longer and they have to they go all over the place and and it all depends on the facility that's taking care of them i mean i can say that you can come in through the border and end up in new york somewhere or in atlanta or louisiana you just don't know where, where you're gonna end up. I heard a man being interviewed who said he had no idea where his where child was. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm telling you, there is those instances, and I think that's when people were getting more frustrated and worried, like, where is my kid? And, and at that point, it's where... Not only are they separated, but yeah. they have no idea. Yeah. yeah, and they're like telling them to call ICE, but then, you know, ICE is not really going to, no. like, help you out you know and they take so. forever sometimes they don't even answer like you can be calling and calling and it's like you're calling for nothing 
it, yeah. it, I mean, even us as attorneys, we go through that where they don't even understand. It's like bureaucracy, like red tape. Mm -hmm. government. Yeah, because I, I saw this, um, and I don't even know if it's a real list or not. It's on the internet. You can't believe everything you see <laughs> on the internet. But it was like steps that families need mm -hmm. to take um, to find to their find child them. or whatever. But they're saying that even even by following those rules or following those guidelines, it doesn't guarantee it is, anything. Yeah. Like yeah. it's just it's almost like almost like the government just kind of put it out to say, hey, we're telling y'all what to do. You yeah. should have but Done. you follow this, and I mean, we're telling you. Yeah. So, so don't say we're not helping. This this may be a, a random question, but let's say someone that's from Honduras or, or El Salvador. The example you gave earlier about they, the plan is they wanted to come up to the border and say, hey, I'm seeking asylum. However, that's getting bypassed and they're not even letting them go through that legal uh, process. Would it be, let's just pretend there was another Honduran or Guatemalteco or somebody that said, you know what, I'm just gonna like sneak in and not even go about that like, hey, I'm here seeking asylum so that I don't get intercepted Yeah. And or turned away at the border, so theoretically it's almost like, obviously that's super risky. But you almost would be better off in a way. That yeah. way. <laughs> that I mean, you're sucks. pretty much forcing them to take that route. Exactly. I mean, you know what I mean. Like you are. If you're not gonna let me in through there, okay, well then I'll wait and figure something out and then go the other route. So mm -hmm. so overall, just just to wrap up in general, if someone is here illegally. Um, just based on what you said, but you can you can recap on your own. Uh, you were recommending that maybe A, they educate themselves uh, at, at some of these like What classes or workshops mm -hmm. at the uh, consulate. Educate yourself on your rights. So in case you get pulled over, you just get into a tough situation. At least know your rights, number one. Two, maybe have a lawyer like uh, Karen Torres from the Forrester and Torres Law Firm, like on speed dial type mm -hmm. of situation to know that, you know, you have someone on your side that can uh, be an ally. Um, three, get right with Trump. <laughs> 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 like paperwork, right? Yeah. Um, but please elaborate on, on what someone should. Yes, I think the most important one is know your rights. Uh, the second important is have a plan. Um, You don't have to have an attorney in place at that very moment because, you know, some attorneys do take advantage of people. Um, but have a plan with your family. There's a lot of parents here that have been here for years, 15, 20 years, are here legally and have children that are U.S. citizens. Have a plan. Mm -hmm. If they catch me, know who to call. Mm -hmm. And, you know, have documents ready. And I always tell people, I always have documentation ready because, you know, people that have been here for 10 years or longer, and have U.S. citizen children and have not, don't have certain crimes, they can apply for cancellation or removal for non-permanent residents. But you have to show that you have been here for the past 10 years. Mm -hmm. A lot of these people don't hold to documentation showing that I've been here. So what I tell people, have all that ready for año. Like have it ready, have it in a place where somebody already knows, hey, if something happens, this Here's is where the where information is. Yeah. is. Mm -hmm. You know, this is what your birth certificate, because we're going to need proof. And, and a lot of the times where we struggle is people don't have proof or they don't have it readily available and then they're struggling at the end trying to find all this and it takes longer and then we might have our court hearing and if we don't have no evidence, your case is going nuts. Mm -hmm. So we always tell them, have a plan with the family, you know, in case the parents are deported, have a plan, who's going to take care of the children? Uh, You can get the dual citizenship for the children from Mexico. Uh, you can go to the consulate here now and get the dual citizenship for the children in case something happens and you're going to have to go back. Then your children already have that citizenship ready in case they have to go back to Mexico. Because mm. once they get there, they have to go to school. And, you mm. know, they have mm. they, are, they already have that dual citizenship, then it, it, it it's way better. But we always tell them, know your rights. Know that there's help out there. Know that your consulates are helping. Know that there is legal advice uh, and there is a lot of nonprofit organization. And if there is a way that you can become uh, legal for some reason or another, use that way already. Try mm -hmm. to get yourself, like he said, right with Trump. Try yeah. to get yourself in that status where you don't have to go through this or estando en miedo or you know like because it is it, it's frustrating to have to go out every day to work not knowing what's going to happen that day you know whether you get stuff or don't get stuff or you're coming home or you're not coming home to your children. is your law firm on instagram 
yes, it's under Forrester and Torres Offer. And that's F O R R? F O R E S T E R. Okay. And it's yes, and it's on Facebook and Twitter. I'm going to ask you a, a rant. Uh, it's not random, but it is. <laughs> um, so, you know, some of these families don't have the money or it's hard to afford a lawyer because it's expensive, all mm -hmm. the fees and legal fees, et cetera. How hard is it for you? This is just a personal question to mm -hmm. you just because I'm such a softy like yeah. that, you know? Like, how hard is it for you to be able to kind of separate, like, I'm still a lawyer at the end of the day and I still have to feed my family without thinking like, holy shit, man, are they gonna be able to afford it? Yeah. Like, you know, like how much longer before, like, do they have to stop like in between process because they can't afford it anymore? How, know, like, how do you I, I, I separate? Think if I see a person, cause again, I was, I, like I told you, I had been here illegal for so many years mm -hmm. and my whole family went through this. Mm -hmm. um, I've had my parents, my brothers and sisters, myself. And if I see you trying, then I might be like, okay, you know. Is uh, it pro bono or do you just kind of give them a chance? I, like I give them a chance and depending on the person, whether I know that, you know, they're good people and they're really trying, then it, that's yeah. the way it works. You know, I go based on that. Yeah. Um, you know, if it's somebody that's very ungrateful and it's not really trying, then I'm like, you know, dude, at some point, you know, yes, yeah, yeah. you know, like, okay, and, and yeah. you know, and I have my cell phone, my clients have my cell phone, so they can contact me at all times. Uh, and some people abuse that power. Yeah. So you kind of have to, at some point, you have to like, okay. Put a separate, yeah. yeah like, like, I still have to go home to my family. Yes, and you know. I need you to be considerate because what you're calling me about is not really important right now. Yeah. So I, I go based on that, but I, there is a lot of organizations. I know Catholic Charity helps out a lot with like low income. And again, it goes, there's too many people to help out. Yeah. And, and they go based uh, on case by case basis. Um, I know the consulate helps out. I know the Mexico consulate helps out because sometimes they hire me to take care of clients. But again, they go based on income. They go based on the type of case. I mean, they're not gonna spend five thousand on a case that's not winnable when they could have helped out four other cases that, that had were. something. You know yeah. what I mean with that money. So it all goes based on that. But there is a lot of help out there. You do have to look, but you have they have to understand that it is on a case by case basis. Like we don't want to waste the resources that they're giving us on cases that might not have a merit, and then you we could have helped a lot of other people with that money. Yeah. So. So in the description of this podcast, we're going to put your law firm info. Um, Catholic Charity, you said they, they assist? Yes, they do. And uh, so we'll, we'll look that and up. And the Mexican consulate. Mexican, Mexican consulate. consulate, yeah. And then in terms of, like, the volunteering stuff, uh, I guess we're still a little uh Maybe we should. Cloudy we're going to have to that. research that. Yeah. This is a place that she said maybe we need to call that place just yeah. to kind of um, yeah. ask look what locally. the process is. Be and, and the reason um, the reason I'm curious is because based on the media and things that I've seen on Twitter, uh, a lot of like um, reporters and stuff are like, we've just been granted access, but only 15 minutes. These mm -hmm. are some of the images that were issued to us by the government or the, I guess the uh, center. Um, so it's like, man, if they're barely letting journalists in, are they gonna let me mm -hmm. go in there and, and, and color or translate or mm -hmm. entertain or anything? Yeah, I, I, I think it be, it's based on every detention center and, mm -hmm. you know, how it's run or how, what they're doing in there. I can't really speak mm -hmm. for them, but. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, do you have anything else? So? No, I think. A any, like, parting words, anything you want to, portense en bien yes, or something? I, I just, I, I, I cannot say this enough because it happens a lot. Sepan sus derechos. Entre más sabes, mejor puedes ayudarte a ti mismo y ayudar a tu familia. Hay organizaciones, hay consulados que están listos para ayudar. Mm -hmm. Nada más tienen que hacer el tiempo y tratar de informarse. Y, y hay, hay iglesias, yo he ido a iglesias católicas donde he hablado y, y ellos también dan presentaciones y, y mm -hmm. siempre están listos para ayudar. Muchísimas gracias. Thank you for all the knowledge and information. Yeah, and I hope people who are listening to the podcast take this information and you know use it, it and spread it and you know it's empowering share it, it's empowering know? to know like hey wait a minute I, I do have rights and we do have a plan mm -hmm. yeah so that that's awesome and, and thank you so much thank you appreciate it thank, thank you. you thank you <laughs>